Now tuning in to Earbud Media. Audio for everyone. together at the same time. I feel God in the chilies. <laughs> Honestly, same. <laughs> the spirit is in my bones. I I wish I didn't use that reference as much as I do. It's so good. I think at this point it's sort of detached from the original media source that I think it's cool again. You know what I mean? I agree. Like, I don't I think it's applicable enough that you're just like, oh, that's just a funny thing that people say on the internet. Yeah, I, I don't even know... I don't know that I would consider myself one of those people that, like, I think, like, the office is, like, part of my personality trait. Sure. Um, But I do think that part of my vernacular is saying, like, I feel God in this chilies tonight. And also, like, how the turntables, like. Yeah, uh, that's fair. It's just, like, I don't know. That's just who I am, I guess. What are you going to do, you know? I mean, absolutely Is that a crime? Is that a crime? If it is... I don't mind being wrong, you know, (laughs) (laughs) that's, and that's just where I am, you know? And that's how the cookie crumbles. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, it's just, honestly, that's just me and you're just going to have to deal with it, you know? Yeah, you should never apologize for it. I am uh, just living my truth. Yeah. And unfortunately... That just means that sometimes office quotes are part of that. Yeah, that's fair. And thank you for listening to this confessional today. (laughs) Uh, Do seven Hail Marys (laughs) and get the fuck out of my view. Okay. Um, Thank you. This has been a two-minute podcast. Um, I'm not even going to even introduce that this is Into the Twilight. I'll just just step out and then we'll be good to go. Yeah. Great. Great. (laughs) Uh, honestly I feel more and more as we've delved deeper into this podcast as we get closer and like creep closer and closer to the three years that this space has become more and more like confessional each week for me yeah yeah it's Uh, unfortunately yeah well it's like says who the podcast we recently had a little advertisement on so from there what's up um, but they say it's not a podcast, it's a coping strategy. <laughs> and I believe that. Um, I relate. More and more, I mean, I, it always comes back to, like, when we started this podcast, right? Of, like, every time I think about, like, what this podcast is for me, it has yeah. and always will be a distraction from, like, present day for me. Um, yeah. So yes, I I hard agree. Of like, this is a space where I don't. Yes, we bring in current events, but sure. this is a space that for me feels like a a vacuum. <laughs> like, yeah, it is. Yeah. It is separated from reality, and I just get to. Sorry, was that your inner soul peeking through? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was the ghost in the cupboard. <laughs> Honestly, that's fair. If that was how all ghosts were, 
I would be more scared of them. Sure. Because <laughs> if a ghost just sounded like a faint kazoo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I would just, like, I'm used to, like, deep breaths and, like, walking in in cold rooms. But if they right. were just, like, <laughs> interrupting my podcast when I'm just trying to live, like, I'd be more annoyed. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, Cody, how the fuck are you doing? Uh, I'm good, man. Uh, I got a library card today. So Whoa. I'm feeling pretty good. Welcome. Um, it's really about hot book summer, you know? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> and also, I had a library card, but I forgot to renew it, and I moved, so I'm like, let's just get a new one. Fair. Um, and here we are, having a great time. Love that. Love that yeah. for you. Yeah. Welcome. How are you, my dude? Thank you. Um, you know, August is... start. (laughs) Not a very uplifting start. (laughs) August is, you know, it's a month. Um, Sure, yeah. August as a teacher is just, you know, like the perpetual Sunday night feeling of like every day feels like a, oh, I'm forgetting about something. And that something is like, oh... I'm getting closer and closer to having, like, school again. Yeah. Um, it's like and, Christmas creep, baby. <laughs> yeah, except for the Christmas creep is, like, ooh, all of the, like, hard work I've done this summer to, like, set up healthy coping strategies are just, like, them, them's be creeping <laughs> just farther and farther yeah. away. It's, no, it's good. Um, August is just, like, it's hot here, you know? Um, but it's good. I feel like... I'm just been reading, just been living, um, went this weekend to go see, well, not even this weekend, on Monday, um, went to go see the Banjo Boys, otherwise known as Mumford and Sons. Sure. Yeah. Which was. I'm familiar with the Banjo Boys. <laughs> um, which was very nice. So wow. that was a great time. Um, I haven't been to a concert in a minute, which was nice. So. Wow. Just been good. Yeah. Yeah. Not been not been too bad, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just you know, it is back to school time, which is um as a as a teacher is just so triggering. <laughs> it's just <laughs> Yeah. I love I love the school supplies, but also I'm just like, can I can I live? <laughs> um, so it's it's all good. We have a couple of current events to talk about. Um, And I guess since you did mention, you know, our our ad spot here, if you are new to this space, um, we don't talk about the the current events that you might see on Twitter um, usually recommended to you. Things that are um, soul-sucking, things that might cause you anxiety, uh-huh. Um, things that might cause you stress and keep you up in the night. Instead, we talk about things that will give you heart palpitations in the form of cute people and also distressing authors who do whack shit. Yep. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the more that we talk about it because of how technology works now, they will just be more and more recommended to you. So just as long as you accept that, these are the type of current events that we are recommending. 
Welcome. Yes. First and foremost, um, Cody thankfully was hot on this beat uh, <laughs> and put breaking. this put this breaking news on our, our Twitter quite a while ago. But we did okay. not talk about it last week because we had so much to say. Yeah. Cody, I'll I'll kind of tee you off for this, and you can take over. But Dakota Johnson had some changes. Yeah. Yeah. To her to her face situation. What's going on? Yeah. Um. Thank you all for coming. Um. We're here <laughs> together to mourn the loss of <laughs> Dakota Johnson's tooth gap. Um, <laughs> may she rest in peace. Um. Gone but not forgotten. Um. <laughs> she did a great service. Um. But she's no more. Um. She decided to fix her teeth. And people on Twitter have been having a very good time with this. It's I think we've so all been good. mourning collectively, but also like out of that, uh, a phoenix rises from the ashes, and that turns into memes. <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah, so people have been tweeting about her tooth gap, about that one Vanity Fair video where she just puts a bunch of credit cards in her tooth gap. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so good. Um, and also one of them uh, was like, oh, it's really sad that... Uh, Dakota Johnson doesn't have a tooth cap anymore because that's important representation, obviously. Um, so the new one is that girl from Euphoria, which made me very happy. <laughs> so now we just have another another line in the tooth gap uh, canon. Yes. I think it's great. But yeah, R.I.P. Uh, poor one out, you know. What I love is, so I found this out from your beat work, truly, your journalistic work on <laughs> our... on the ground reporting. <laughs> um, from your work on our Twitter, which was retweeting this fucking, uh, <laughs> like, video um, yeah. from... It's like remembering a life. <laughs> like, yeah, it's this, like, fucking celebration of life video yeah. from someone on Twitter. And it's the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it looks like uh, like someone just made, like, a scrapbook. Yes! <laughs> About the video of her tooth. It's so funny. Oh my god. And this, so I'm looking at this article from The Cut, and the, yeah. t- like, the title of this kills me. It's like, World Grieves After Dakota Johnson's Gap Tooth Goes Missing. And it's like, it's not like kidnapped. It's just right. like, like she just got it fixed. Where is it? <laughs> like, what happened? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, I just. Listen, she looks she looked great before. She looks great now. Um, but I I do think that it was something that I considered like iconic about who she was that I do think is uh, it will be missed for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um so uh pour one out for sure, but I I don't know that it will come back cuz that does feel like a um feels like an, an expensive temporary choice, I would say. Yeah. So I don't know that it's missing in in that sense, for sure. sure. Um, I want to briefly talk about this Milo bit, and then we can end on our our oh-so-sacred screen rant piece here. So Milo Ventimiglia, my my love, my life. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, My love, my life, my wife. Um, He is currently doing some press right now for this fucking weird ass movie it's called like the art of racing in the rain or yeah, something that's it, that's it. Yeah. and i haven't thought about it since i saw like the first trailer and yeah. i remember seeing it in theaters because i just started like crying 
I just started like <laughs> sobbing because it's it's Milo, it's like Amanda Seyfried, Kevin sure. Costner is like voicing the dog, and so like of course I'm gonna start crying. Um, and so I think he's like, doing press for this or something, and he during this thing he was told apparently or like he was asked about our pats and like Batman. He said he's like super excited for our pats and stuff, but then I found out that apparently he was told during this whole process of like being like while Batman was still up in the air that I I guess he had thought he wanted to try out for it. Um, Uh And uh, this article from Cinema Blend says like, despite his star power and immense physical fitness, he was told he was too old for the role. And it's like, what the fuck? Like (laughs) Milo Ventimiglia is not old. Yeah. He's father time. <laughs> yeah. And now, first of all, like, he is 42, but he doesn't look 42. Like, he's fine. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, like, Ben Affleck was right. Batman. Come so on. it's fine. Yeah. Um, but I, I do love that he was like, our pats will be great. It'll be fine. Yeah. So I do love that. Um, I just love the fact that, like, that was the conversation that was happening during this press. So. Love that for him. Um, so we do have a screen rant corner this week. Beep, 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 beep. Unsurprisingly. <laughs> um, and this one drew my attention more than usual. Because as you mentioned earlier, it does look like there was some work put into this. Right. And and that doesn't always happen. No. With these. Um, so thank you to Amanda Bruce for putting out this work literally yesterday. Um, and it is Hogwarts houses of Kristen Stewart characters. God bless. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Casey. Yeah. Thank you, everything. Um, yeah. When looking through this list, what immediately drew your attention? What surprised you? I want to know everything. Yeah. Um... I would say that I think there's a lot of Gryffindor representation here. Yes. Which I think is interesting. I think it's valid for the most part. I do think pining Joan Jett in the Runaways as a Gryffindor is a choice. It is something, that's for sure. I don't know if it's the right one, but I respect it, I think. Yes. Yeah, I... They do say here, like, could Joan Jett be anything other than a Gryffindor? And I would say yes. Yeah, arguably (laughs) yes, for sure. Arguably Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, that was one that definitely drew me right away. Um, Just looking at all these, I'm like, God damn, she's done so much good work. Like, I'm doing it. Sometimes I forget about like Camp X Ray and then I look at it and I'm like, oh God. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, And so, and even like, like Melinda from Speak. Don't know that I would say a Gryffindor. Yeah, that's also a choice. Like, not... I mean, I get it because it's like, she was brave, right? But, like, I mean, I feel like that's just really it, huh? But, like, not everyone that does, like, one brave thing is a Gryffindor. exactly. Like, yeah. So... That's it. That's your brand now. You're brave. (laughs) Yeah. But then, like, you look at Sarah Altman from Panic Room, and it's like, yes, Gryffindor. Got it. For sure. For sure. I understand. And so, and then, oh, God, like, looking at the aesthetics here from Catch That Kid, and I'm like, okay, got it. (laughs) 
I am very interested. So they do number one here, and they have Bella Swan as a Gryffindor. Uh-huh. And I feel like this is there's a lot of discourse around this of, like, yes, she is brave. And there's I feel like, if anything, my time on Tumblr throughout a lot of my high school experience, like, this was a very common conversation here. Sure, yeah. What placement do you feel like Bella would fit under? Um, I would say probably either a Gryffindor or a Ravenclaw, TBH. I would Um, agree. I think, like, I don't know, she she has moments where she's, like, very gutsy and very just, like, fuck it. Um, So in a lot of ways, maybe it's a little bit, like, irrational or just, like, not really thinking about things super before doing them. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, like, she's a smart, she's smart, she's a smarty. Yeah, she does have a lot of, like, Ocean's Eleven stuff to her. Um, And I feel like as much as she wanted to, as much as she wanted to present as Ravenclaw, um, I feel like her, like, Gryffindor side was kind of tampered growing up as, like, a survival (laughs) skill. Sure, yeah, yeah. So I feel like, but I mean, she did, like... She did a lot of shit, right? That was, like, very Gryffindor. So I feel like the placement for this one is is definitely correct. Yeah. So I think it is – I think it is accurate. I think they made a good choice on the one that arguably for this conversation counts the most. Yeah. So good on them. You did it. You did it. You've done it. Good job. We have a question this week. Would you like to read it? Yes. Um, if you could replace one character from you with the Fifty Shades character, who would it be and why? Oh my god. Do you think we should stick to main characters? But if we do that, that's no fun. I know. <laughs> There's I know. No one from Fifty Shades is... Like, the main characters are good. I think then... <sighs> okay. I then... Would be very interested mm-hmm. in replacing. Oh God! Okay, <sighs> this is tough <laughs> then, because none of them, none of them are, none of them are great. Then okay, I think I have an idea. Okay, go, because I'm I'm debating this. This is my crackpot theory. <laughs> okay. Replace Joe, obviously. Fuck yes. Him Get him out of there. If he was gone, this would be better. With, um, what's her fucking name? Um, Anna's roommate. Catherine? Kate? Kate yeah. yeah. Kate Cavanaugh. That'd be great. Yes. Yeah. She, like, still works at a bookstore, still likes books, or whatever. But it's no Joe. You know? Would she- I think a lot of things would fall into place here, you know? Okay. So, would they still, would Kate then be the, I don't even know that Joe's the, like, protagonist, but, like, would Kate then be the main character of the series? Maybe. Like, I think that would be interesting. But also, I think Beck could be a, maybe a protagonist. I don't know. She's got a lot going there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, you know. I mean, fuck. Yeah, I mean, I think Kate would definitely fit in with um, Beck's friend group mm-hmm. a lot more. That's mm-hmm. for sure. 
Yeah. Yeah. She, she, like, chafed out some pickle juice or whatever. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel like that's the one that makes the most logical sense. So, because uh-huh. the one that I was thinking of immediately was replacing Kate with Blythe, but then the dynamic doesn't really work. Sure. So, I think replacing with Joe ultimately... Well, I mean, saves Beck's life, so, yeah. Well, I mean, hey, listen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, um, we also have another question. Yes. Um, it was on our Twitter, and I don't, I think, I think it might have been missed. Oh, okay, go. But I'll read it. It's Please. from Miss Browntown. <gasps> How did I miss it? I know, it's fine. Listen, it was a blur. Um, but she says, I want to know your thoughts on what song Edward and Bella would audition for with Glee Club. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like right uh-huh. now? Yeah. Just like off, present off day? Off the dome. Off the dome. Top of the dome. Okay. I just didn't know if you meant like like back then. Whatever. Um, Whatever feels right, you know? Okay. Um. Oh my god. Okay. First of all, you didn't do your work because I texted you something oh, to no, remind you-, you. Oh fuck, I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, but no, this ties in perfectly. Yeah. Okay, so I texted Cody. <laughs> I texted Cody, I don't know when. Oh, okay, I was on Monday. Um, I was like, don't let me forget for Wednesday, Nessie and Glee. Okay, so, but this ties in perfectly. Taylor, I'm answering your question, I promise. So, I'm, I'm going to get there. No, I'm going to get there, I promise. Trust us. Um, here's a, I'll get to Edward and Bella in a second. But audition song for... Nessie and Jacob, they would definitely sing Me by Taylor Swift and Brennan Gary. Oh my god. Tell me I'm wrong. No, that's correct. Tell me I'm wrong. I I wish I could, but I can't. Um, okay, are you imagining, and I know you didn't ask this, Taylor, (laughs) ask this question, but do you think Uh, that they would sing solo songs, or do you think that they would sing a duet? Uh, knowing them, they'd probably do a duet. Okay. I feel like. But I think I think there's a potential for solos here. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because I feel like Edward, because if we're thinking about songs like right now, I feel yeah. like Edward could probably get away with doing like a Billie Eilish song. <laughs> <laughs> he's um, an e-boy. <laughs> exactly. Like he literally is an yeah. e-boy. Yeah, because he would have a good time doing it, but Bella would be like, fuck this. I Like, the only way she would do it is, like, if it, like he made her do it and they did, like, a duet or something. Otherwise, she'd be like, fuck this, fuck you. Yeah, I feel like he would, he, if he had to do a solo, I feel like he could do a Billie Eilish song. Sure. And what would Bella do that's, like, right now? Um... I'm very bad about keeping up with like current. Who's <laughs> making music? Honestly, <laughs> I'm so Ooh, bad about like. She could maybe do like a a Casey Musgraves moment. Ooh, that's true. She's sort of from the south. <laughs> She's literally from Arizona. <laughs> She's from the southwest. <laughs> she could do that. Um, hold on, Chris. Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> Chris. Oh my god. My, you might be able to help me with this because my boyfriend has selective hearing. I tell him not to listen to me, but then I have to like. <laughs> you might be able to help me though while I'm waiting for him. Um, uh-huh. Do you remember the Casey Musgrave song? I'm gonna 
the it's it's the Casey Musgrave song that's like my least. Hey, do you remember the Casey Musgrave song that's my least favorite? The one that you love. What um, is that? High Horse. Thank you. That's all I needed. Why Thank do you, you hate that song? Because Chris, why do I hate that song? Because <laughs> you hate fun. This Get out of this room. <laughs> Thank you. Love you. No, it's just Chris played it like all last summer. Sure. And it's a bop. It is a bop. It is definitely a bop. Um, yeah. But yes, I feel like if Bella would definitely sing that song. Yeah. Um, if they had to do one together, I feel like they would definitely be a like Angus and Julia Stone moment. Oh, sure. They would yeah, do yeah. something like very insufferable, like slow look in your eyes kind of thing. Yeah. Or they would Just do painfully, painful eye contact. <laughs> or it would be like super meta and they would do the fucking Christina Perry like a million years. Oh, like, my it God. would just be so on the nose. Yeah. It's like, just give it a rest. Come on. Exactly. Yeah, they would just do the, like, fucking A Thousand Years song. What do you think they would do for their duet? Ooh, I don't know. Like, now I'm just thinking about the the High School Musical, like, opening duet thing, and I'm like, that's Literally. too, too much. Um, I would want to see like them do I feel like if they're having the fun, like, I think if, like... Bella loosened up a little bit. Maybe had a bev or two. Uh, they could do a cute little don't go breaking my heart moment. Oh, But, yeah. yeah. You know, just to... They're like, it's been a few years. They're hanging out. They're just having a good time. Can you imagine them doing, like, an ABBA song? Aw, yeah. I mean, they wouldn't do it. That'd be very much like an Alice and Jasper kind of thing. Oh, but. for sure. Yeah, um. Carlisle's like, hell yeah. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> Oh I miss Glee. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so embarrassing. I just miss it so much. And yeah. it's such a bad show. Yeah. I remember seeing someone a couple days ago on Twitter um, just showing the clip. Um, it was from... It was one of the songs from, like, when fucking... What is his name? Ernie... Um, the, the dude in the wheelchair, when they're singing the song by the pool, and he just, like, throws himself into oh, the yeah. pool. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, y'all watch this? Yeah. <laughs> um, it was just... Cinema. Yeah, I was like, film. I yeah. love this. Um, yeah, I... Listen, it's fine. I love that show. It's... I love trash. I don't know what you want me to say. Yeah, that's... Um, speaking of trash, we should, uh, get into these really shitty chapters. Hell yeah, brother. Uh, so, where we left off last week was, um, the very unnatural segue of Ethan and Blythe being set up. (laughs) (laughs) So, so bad. Super subtle. And then, Beck deciding to work with Joe. And also Christmas. Yes. Super great. Merry Christmas. Uh, mer- mer- Christmas. Um, <laughs> so chapter seven, what? Chapter 27 starts. Um, and Joe is like head over heels, super in love. This is where I imagine the like Scrabble thing happening in the TV show. Yeah. What was, what did they call themselves? Um, on the Scrabble. It was like a everything ship, I think. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. awful. It was like, this is like the very much the honeymoon period, I feel like. Right. Sure. Um, 
he's like, there's, we're an adorable couple. We don't go on any dates because we're just like together all the time. And that's just like what romance is. And he's talking about how like when they're working together, they like playfully argue about the music and it's super sexist, but he likes it. And of course, Beck likes it. So it's like super great because that's what love is, folks. It's great. Yeah, love it. Huge fan. Super great. Um, he says that they're just one of those 1950s couples. Um, so they're uh, racist too, I guess? <laughs> Who's to say? He keeps talking about his Holden Caulfield cap, um, which is great. Um, they're also... He also brings up the fact that, like, all of a sudden, Ethan and Blythe are going on dates. So that's a thing, apparently. Sure. And apparently, also during this work time, there's a, this, like, magic chemistry that they have. And all Joe can wonder about is, like, when this is going to turn into this, like, magical sex session that's going to happen. Right. Um, and... He's like, this is special because you say it's special. And every day is Christmas and, and all this stuff. Anyways, one day, I guess, Beck shows up in literally a, what is he describes as a gray slouchy sweater that is also apparently slutty. And he freaks out on her. Yep. Um, because she's eating baby carrots and that like gives him a boner and he's it's like, like what the fuck <laughs> yeah um and he like freaks out and all of a sudden tells her like there's a dress code because you're not allowed to wear sweaters apparently um so he literally like makes her leave and change it's so fucked up like she's wearing a brown sweater like the, the university brown not the color it might be also brown who knows who knows but he's like this fucking bitch is trying to make all our customers feel shitty because they didn't go to Brown. It's such bullshit. It's like, motherfucker, every second of your life, you are judging everyone that comes into your store. Because I, they're not reading smart enough books, they don't look like they read, or they don't give a fuck, you know? So I love fuck, it, too. Bitch? Yeah, because he's like... Think about this, like, school, Beck. You wouldn't go to school in this. And she's like, Joe, I literally just came from class. Like, I, <laughs> I <What>? couldn't. <laughs> I don't know what more you want me to say about how this is school appropriate. So he's gross and continuing to, like, sexualize her and, and all this stuff. Um, and apparently he also tells her, like, go home, cover up, um... And, like, cover up your collarbone and all this stuff and, and make sure that when you come back, you actually, like, put a bra on and he's, like, making it, like, gross. <laughs> Anyways. Then she's all, like, like, you pick the color, like, whatever. Anyways. Yeah. Um, he's helping out people and, and all this stuff and finally, um, I think this is the part, too, where he... Oh, yeah, he, like, decides to go downstairs and, and be Joe and is like, I just, you just looked too good. I have to, like, 
he even says, he's like, I take the opportunity to go downstairs and beat one out. It's like, fuck off, Joe. You're so gross. Um, and also Beck apparently is the kind of person who's text someone knock, knock. So maybe these two are made for each other. <laughs> so maybe they should just both jump into a volcano. <laughs> yeah. Um, but apparently she is also enjoying this kind of situation because now she's like flirting with him and sending him photos of like her and her bra and whatever. So they're like flirting and, and stuff. Um, when she gets back, uh, they are like, oh, they, when she gets back, it's like late, like they're about to close or something. And so he's like having a freak out. And apparently Joe has gotten to the point now where like all he has is Twizzlers around him, um, which to me makes it seem like he's more of a predator than he is of like, right. don't trust this dude at a bookstore who only eats candy. <laughs> um, but This man just like is really into Twizzlers. Like every time I'm in there, he's just hogging down Twizzlers. He just has really poor taste in licorice. Um, <laughs> but now like Beck gets back. It's late. She's like enjoying this like flirty power dynamic thing. Whatever. Like live your truth, the two of you. Um, and then so like they fuck is basically what happens. Yeah. Um, so chapter 28 starts, um, and (laughs) Joe says, I have just fucked you for the first time in our lives, and it was not good, and it did not go on forever, and you did not scream. (laughs) Great, great, great. Um, so we find out, like, they're downstairs in the cage, aka, like, in the, like, book section. Um, and this is the beautiful moment where we find out that, like, the eight section, eight seconds situation has actually happened. Hey, oh, thank God. Thank God. I was the only waiting. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> it's so good because. Beck is definitely doing the thing of, like, oh, it's fine, it's fine. But, so he, like, goes through the situation in his head of talking about it, and it seems like, for the most part, like, you know, they were enjoying themselves, it was fine, um, but Joe just, like, couldn't keep it together. Um, and finally, Beck says something, and it's like, oh, don't worry, Joe, like, I'm on the pill, And this is the part where he, of course, like, usually happens. He deflates and is, like, freaking out. And he's like, this is the moment I was most afraid of you and what you could do to me and not do to me. Because that was the moment that I realized that you are the boss, not me. And you can please me on the occasion if you want to. And it's like, okay. Okay. (laughs) He's, out of nowhere, he just busts out all this, like, dumb shit. I don't know, like, where it came from, but he's just like, yeah, I'm the fucking boss, man. Like, I, I'm gonna boss you around. Even though he has no, no grounds to be on here, because he literally cummed in his pants. Literally. <laughs> like, so fast. But he's like, yeah, I'm gonna make you fucking want me. Uh, I'm gonna push you around, and I'm gonna dominate you. Meanwhile, um, a scared little dog just in the corner. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I think 
I think he's leaning on that because, I mean, one, he's, like, built up this fantasy of her that is not her. But right, also, right, right. that seems to be also their, like, he has initiated that with her, and it seems like she is also, like, reciprocating that flirtatious style. Yeah. It seems like it's working for them, which is fine. Um, but also, you know, they... You know, like they had sex, but they it was not enjoyable for the both of them. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, um, of course, he's like now incredibly self conscious, and so, um, he's like, I wasn't surprised when you were like when you dipped out, and we're like, I need to go check on Peach, um, and all this stuff. Here's what I love the most is he's like, but this is what surprises me. A day later, you didn't even wait a whole day. You texted me, hey, Joe, I can't make it in today. Sorry, exclamation point. (sighs) And that exclamation point was the beginning of the end of us. And I made a mistake by writing back, okay, exclamation point. (laughs) You have defeated me. (laughs) Yep. I have no power whatsoever. I'm a weak man. (laughs) I just... (sighs) And of course, right, like, he's still Joe, and so he's still going through her phone and, like, yeah. overreading every situation. Right. And it's just the grossest thing. And even, like, that text is less indicative of her being like, oh, I don't want to hang out with you anymore because you come eight seconds into having sex with me. And more of the, she's just a bad employee. You know what I mean? Right. Like, <laughs> she's just calling out of work anytime she gets. She's like, sorry, I'm <laughs> sick. <laughs> right, Exactly. Like, she's just playing hooky. She wants to yes. go to emergency therapy and align her chakras, and that's her right, you know? True. Um, like, I get it. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I um, get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, same. Um, but there's a point, too, where, you know, he's looking at all this, and he's freaking out, and he's being incredibly overdramatic about, like, what he wants to do yeah. to himself and his body, and he's like... You know, it's a good thing you knew that I was close to losing my shit. She didn't know. Because then all of a sudden, you know, you wrote back again, Beck. But what are you doing tonight? And so he's like, of course, he reads into this all the more. And so he sets up all this stuff um, about, like, meeting at his place at 7. And so he gets five whole votive candles (laughs) and, like, a pizza... And makes this huge thing about this being, like, a date night, and we're going to have sex again, and everything's perfect because we're in love, um, and we're going to have this wine, and it'll be amazing. Um, and ten minutes after when they're supposed to be meeting, Beck texts him and is like, uh, don't hate me, but I have to bail, sad face. And it's Joe. So, this is the worst thing that could possibly happen to him. Yeah. And also, she's pulling another instance of her, instead of, I don't know, texting a few minutes beforehand to say you can't go, waits, like, 20 minutes until after they were already, like, established to hang out. And being, sorry, something came up. Who fucking raised you, Beth? Back. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. Were you raised in a barn? 
It's a dick move, for sure. Awful. Fully awful. Um, but you know what's also a dick move? Yeah. Um, putting Twizzlers in a vase. That That's a crime. That's a federal offense. <laughs> that is the scariest thing I've ever heard of. You should be in the Pentagon for that, because that <laughs> is <laughs> that's a nightmare. I'm he just, was... <laughs> uh, the, the picture of him with, like, 40 candelabras behind him and, like, Phantom of the Opera style, like, putting fucking red Twizzlers into a vase is the most haunting and awful thing I've ever visualized in my life. Well, and you know, like, Twizzlers don't come in those, like, huge-ass, like, plastic things that red vines do. Right. And so you know it's, like, (laughs) you know it's, like, eight Twizzlers in a huge (laughs) vase. So, like, (laughs) what the Joseph, and so the saddest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it sounds like that Ernest Hemingway like six word story. Uh. <laughs> Eight untouched Twizzlers in a vase, like. <laughs> um, and so he gets Eight so Eight Twizzlers in a vase, never eaten. <laughs> Beck's being a dick, but also he built up this whole situation in his head about this being, like, he made it seem like this was, like, he was gonna propose, like, there was nothing here. And so he, like, picks up this Twizzler's vase and throws it at the wall, and it doesn't break, which, like, (laughs) makes it worse somehow. Um, And so it's just this man with a Twizzler vase on the ground and 60,000 typewriters. And it's just like, what the fuck is your it's, life, Joseph? Like, I can't believe he wasn't a serial killer before this, because this is just big serial killer killer energy in general. Honestly. And so, at the end of this, um, so he's like, I can't even break a vase, and I lunge the candles, but I don't want to set this place on fire. And so by the end of this chapter, he's like, the smell of burnt flesh overwhelms the cold pizza and it's a good thing i didn't waste any money on flowers joseph you're the creepiest man yeah so what the fuck (laughs) yeah i i honestly don't know how we have more of like 200 pages left of this book because what it sounds like right now is either that joseph is gonna like crawl inside himself and never go to work again or he's gonna snap and go and kill her now. Like, I I don't know who's to say. But we have two more chapters next week. Uh, chapters 29 and 30. So we're getting there slowly but surely. We do have a couple of pachons to thank. Ooh. Do you think we should do a reductress moment? Has it been a minute? Sure. Let's do a reductress. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, shout out to Sophia Salinger. Wee wee wee. Who's gonna be? I don't have to be a mother just because I'm the last Sumatran rhino. <laughs> oh my god. Um, shout out to Erin Salinger. Ayo. Who's gonna be seven homemade lunches that will have your coworkers asking, "Wait, is she poor?" <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Alex. Life. Wee wee wee. Who's quiz? Are you an introvert, an extrovert, or a pervert? (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, shout out to Taylor Brown Town Lautner. Yes, yes, yes. Who's gonna be how to suck his dick so hard it makes a kazoo sound. Oh my god. <laughs> shout out to Katie Weber. Wee 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 woo. <laughs> Who's gonna be, yes, I'm a squirter, but only when I put Mentos and Coke up there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Jesus Christ. Um, okay, and shout out to Simon Steele. Yes. Who's gonna be five hand placements on your boyfriend's stomach to make sure everyone knows you own him. Nice. Very nice. Okay, I have a fan fiction for you this week that was sent to you and me. And us. Uh (laughs) And the collective we. And the Uh, royal we. And the real we. Yeah. Um, uh, By Taylor Browntown Lawner. Yeah. And it is titled Bella's Rage. Great. Love it. Um, It was published on November 26th, 2010. And it was written by Danich IX. Um, and this is from the crossover section, Animal Crossing and Twilight. Wow. So, um, it stars Tom Nook and Bella. Um. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, uh, there you go. All right. Bella woke up one morning lying on the ground in the forest. Her new... Newborn red eyes were gleaming everywhere she looked. Something hit her in the head. It was sticks or leaves or something else. She was blind and very thirsty and very aggressive. Hi, would you like to buy a house? Said a raccoon throwing sticks at her. It was very close to her, trying to be annoying. Bella stayed silent, opening her mouth, showing off her new fangs. She was wearing purple skinny jeans. She felt fast and dead. A mortal is what she is now. The raccoon was confused. Bella was walking towards it and wasn't scared. My name is Tom... He began. But Bella bit him in the neck and he (laughs) turned purple and fell to the ground. Why wasn't he scared? She has fangs. What else isn't scary? The blindness went away and she felt better. Looking at the ground, she she saw what she had bitten, a raccoon in an apron with a leaf on it. She started to run back to Edward in the woods. End scene. Huh. So, uh, that's a series wrap on fucking Tom Nook, I guess. Fucking, wow. Damn. Capitalism is dead and Bella kills him. (laughs) I know. Apparently, Bella has a strong stance on capitalism. Socialist icon. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Oh my god. Well, as we say in Seattle, get bit. And get whipped. Woo!
This is an Earbud Media production. You can find us on Twitter at Earbud Media and listen to the rest of our shows. You can find this show on Twitter at Into the Twilight, as well as Into the Twilight.show. You can send us an email at Into the Twilight Show at gmail.com. You can also become a sponsor of the show or buy some merch at Into the Twilight.bigcartel.com. Our art is done by Maddie Padilla, who you can find at Your Ghost Host 44 on Instagram, and our music is done by Eli Krauss. You can find at Eli Sauerkraus and Krausfilms.com. The intro and outro is by KB Smith. You can find it kb underscore underscore smith on twitter you can find ali on twitter at into wild places and you can find me at dyke discourse you've been listening to earbud media production earbud media audio for everyone